Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, everybody. I'm excited to have you here again today for another episode, and this is actually a very special episode. Rarely do I do an episode where it's just me, where I'm talking about something that I feel is this important. Well, over the last few months, obviously, COVID has affected many of our lives, many of your practices, and um, there's some fallout around that. This is probably one of the most important episodes that I've ever done because it's addressing something that I feel is not only very real right now, but I believe is going to get worse if we don't continue to talk about it. The fact of the matter is, is that many of you are dealing with practices where you had time slowed down, you were forced to stop working inside of your practice, and you have team members who are either not fully back to work or are furloughed altogether, and there's a lot of stress, a lot of stress and frustration and overwhelm. You don't have the break of being able to go to a event like a conference where you can be around like-minded people and commiserate or celebrate one another. And so that causes a lot of challenges. So I had seen this conversation popping up throughout a couple of uh, posts that were on Facebook and other social media around people who were stressed, overwhelmed. I've talked to some of my own clients who just feel that, that burnout, if you will. And even though you might have some places to get some relief, like if you go out on a boat or have a cabin, but the fact of the matter is that when you go back into the office, having to deal with the stress and overwhelm and frustration of everyone else in the office as well, because of the workload, it can cause some uh, mental challenges. So one of the things that I've been able to do over the last 10 years of my career, actually, I guess it's more like 12 years of my career, has been able to help people manage stress and deal with that team building aspect and to really support one another. And what I wanted to do is to do a Facebook Live and a podcast, as you have right now, with some ideas and some suggestions on how you can increase your endorphins inside of your own body, which, of course, will help you have less stress, help you sleep better, help you get through the day better. And, you know, I just wanted to give you a list of ideas of what you could do. I do feel like this is one of the most important podcasts if you actually implement the things that I talk about. Now, mind you, nothing on here is going to be earth-shattering or completely life-changing in the sense of it's not new research Dino's figured out. I've just done a lot of research around this subject for myself. You know, my whole life I've dealt with either depressed people or depression myself, whether it be my mom who spent many uh, months, if you will, in bed from her depression when I was younger Uh, to my own children who dealt with depression and anxiety, and then myself who I've self-managed it for years of my own uh, challenges when it comes to depression or, uh, if you will, the blues. And so as I'm going through this, I want you to know that each and every one of these areas that I talk about are things that either I have tried or I have suggested to other people and they've tried and they've worked really, really well. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Propreneur Podcast, a very special episode. Kind of sounds like one of those, uh, for those of you that grew up in the 80s, right? One of those, a very special episode of Blossom. Well, this is a very special episode of the Propreneur Podcast, and hopefully just that right there alone makes you know that I'm not making light of anything, but I want you to know that having fun 
and finding joy in this time of stress and frustration and overwhelm is one of the most important things you can do. Hope you enjoyed, everybody. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Uh, we are going to get started in just a moment. Thank you for being here. For all of you that uh, saw this, it was uh, not a specifically planned thing until yesterday that I decided to do this, uh, but I really appreciate you being here. All right, so let's get started, everybody. We're right here at uh, 12 o'clock my time. Again, I apologize for the um, miscommunication on the email. Oh, I wanted to do this. If, you want, if you're inclined, if you'd like to, there's zero pressure whatsoever. Um, I'm going to put up a Zoom link. If you'd like to join me in a Zoom. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Not going to do that because I'm not in Zoom. I'm going through another process here. So um, I wanted to just kind of get on here and reach out, see if there's any uh, help I could give to the community. I know there have been some challenges going on. Um, and yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for jumping in here. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, uh, Dima. Thanks for all of you that reached out through my uh, email that I sent out yesterday as well. That's what started this whole thing off. I was just going to send an email out. I was just going to kind of give my thoughts out in a, in a quick form. And uh, it's been kind of nagging at me over the last couple of days to do something more. I know I haven't done any general Facebook Lives over the last couple of days or weeks because I've been busy with the blueprint and what I've been doing there with the, the selling through the screen challenges and things like that. Uh, but I've just been prom- I felt prompted. I'll just tell you that I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in prayer and I've just been prompted over the last couple of weeks. I want to start off with this idea, and I've said it before. I actually talk about it a little bit in my book, uh, The Practice Rx, where I talk about how um, this idea of, of first do no harm. I feel like somebody is calling me somehow. I don't know why someone is calling me, but uh, somewhat, first do no harm. And I talk about in my book how I believe that applies first to you as the practitioner, as the practice owner. And we often think about, the other person. Well, what's interesting is as I was looking at that, I was going and doing some study on the Hippocratic Oath. And that phrase, first do no harm, is actually not in the Hippocratic Oath. There are phrases that refer to it. If you look at both the old version and the newest version, which was updated in 1964, uh, they're, they're not totally... Um, it doesn't say specifically first do no harm, but there was actually a quote in the updated version that I thought was actually more apropos to this conversation right here. Uh, that's okay, Sue. Thank you. Um, which is this, uh, and by the way, the modern version of the Hippocratic Oath, it was written in 1964 by Louis Lasagna. And it says, there's a piece in there that says this, and I think this is really important to what we're going to talk about today says, I will not be ashamed to say, I don't know, or, or nor will I fail to call in my colleagues when the skills of another are needed for a, par- a patient's recovery. So what I thought was so apropos about that in this conversation is, I'm going to ask you to, I, I know asking for help sometimes is not everyone's uh, forte. It's not mine. I'm somebody who just kind of tries to try to figure it out and I don't ask for a lot of help. I kind of grew up that way. I didn't grow up with really a support system where I felt like I could reach out to, you know, a parent or something like that. And I've kind of kept that going and I've tried to learn throughout the years. 
But I know that I, I work in an environment and whether you're in the orthodontic or dental uh, fields and you're watching this or not, it's totally okay. I, you know, that's not the point of this. There's a lot of stress and overwhelm going on. And um, I think when we look at that as medical providers, as you as healthcare professionals, that first idea, that the idea of first doing no harm is important, absolutely, especially for yourself. But when it comes into to this little spot here of the, of the actual Hippocratic Oath, to not be ashamed to say, I know not. That's a very powerful thing because so many of us are afraid to do that. This is a very serious issue that we're going to be talking about today. I am not here to talk to you as the person who has the answer. I don't even know if that's my place in this. I just want to have a conversation. And if you will, as you're here, as we're talking about this, please feel free to write comments inside of the comment box here. Uh, I wish this could be more of an interactive thing. And maybe we'll do that. I was talking to Shannon about this this morning. Uh, I got an email that I'll explain in just a moment of how it impacted me. And she's like, well, maybe maybe you do this more as a regular basis over the next couple of weeks just to give people a, a place to come to. And we created in a Zoom environment as well where we can actually see each other and talk to each other. And I don't know if that'll stop some people from, from actually being involved because they want that you know, veil of anonymity and they don't want to talk about their challenges you know, to everybody or not. I don't know. But uh, I don't know what this is going to turn out to be. All I know is that I felt prompted to actually talk about this. And then, of course, for those of you that are in the orthodontic space and you saw the post from Kyle Fagala, and that was brilliant what he had talked about and how important that was, and then follow that up with Dr. Doug DePew and that experience, I just felt, you know, this is something that I've done for over a decade where I've been able to talk with teams and doctors and hopefully give them a space to... to uh, decrease the stress and to deal with that man, uh, deal with the stress management that is so important in a very high stress environment and then now you add covid to it and it's even more so so hopefully we can uh give you some ideas and some 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 thoughts that can be helpful to you i'll start off with this my vision for my business for the last decade has always been, I've said this from the stage before, I've said this in many places before, that my vision is to reverse the direction of divorce, addiction, and suicide amongst private practice owners and to help them become better leaders in the practice and lovers at home. As you know, I am not a fan of, I don't proclaim to come into offices and make better employees and help create better employees. That my passion, my focus is to help elevate the lives of those amazing team members as human beings outside of the office and then bring that inside the office. Well, that goes with the doctors too, right? My first focus was always docs. If you have a very strong, powerful relationship outside of the office, you're going to be better at your job here. And that's really what I'm hoping to accomplish today is to uh, see if we can in any way help you guys de-stress or at least have some tools on how you can do that. Some of these, uh, well, most of this stuff is, is scientifically backed and things that I personally do. Some of them are things that I have suggested to other people to do in specific scenarios. And so hopefully it'll be a benefit to you. But I would just like to talk about uh, the experiences that we've had and the experience that I've had. This all came to a crash this morning with an email that I received that I did not expect to receive. I have received plenty of emails, probably more than I think we've ever had response to our email 
going out. We have over uh, almost 6,000 people on our email list. And I've gotten dozens of replies to that email last night of people saying, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I got an email that I, I'm, I'm not sadly surprised about, but I'm also saddened to have gotten, which is from a doctor who will obviously remain nameless. And she wrote to me saying that uh, one of her colleagues, a friend of hers, uh, took her life this last weekend. And at the beginning of the COVID shutdown, because of the stress and the overwhelm that was happening, um, this colleague started to drink and uh, use prescription medication and um, to deal with the stress and the frustration and the overwhelm and all that. And this weekend, she took her life. And she's just heartbroken. And it broke my heart to hear this. And I could hear in her words and the writing of her words the pain that she was feeling knowing that her friend uh, was dealing with the stress and overwhelm and and ultimately chose to take her life. Now, many of you know that my brother uh, almost three years ago took his life, uh, totally different situation, but every life that's lost because of uh, personal choice of suicide is, is really heartbreaking for those that are left behind. To add to that, she also had another colleague who um, up and left their practice the other day because of the stress and just in the middle of the day just up and walked out. Sounded kind of similar to what we heard in Dr. Doug DePew's uh, email or post. So again, if all this does, if all I'm able to do is to create a space for us to have a conversation, for you to get some awareness, for you to reach out and ask for help, please do so. I had a piece at the very end of my email yesterday where I talk about, you know, a single twig can easily be snapped, but a bundle of twigs is almost impossible to do and, uh, and to, to break. And I hope that you will see this as a place of building that bundle for yourself. If you need help, if you are too overwhelmed, please, please, please reach out. It's so important for you to do so. And um, we need to really, uh, really attack this situation. So I'm going to tell you just my personal experience real fast because I am in the same situation, right? I'm not in the same exact situation of all of you, and I do not want to assume that. But the situation of we're all dealing with COVID, we're all dealing with business stuff. You know, in in March of this year, my business essentially shut down as well. I I did that almost voluntarily where I uh, went to my clients and I said, hey, I'm pausing and freezing all of your retainers because I need you to take care of your bills and your payroll and stuff. That was before we were talking about PPP and all that stuff. But no matter, I just, I did that. And I, I did that for a couple of reasons. One, because I felt that that was my duty to do that. But the other side of it is that I just believed that I would be taken care of, that we would figure it out. And luckily we have done so. But what that did is that also had me working more than I've ever worked before. Since March, and I went back and looked at it, it was March 23rd that I stopped everything and in my business and I pivoted and I started working harder than I've ever worked before. I worked most Sundays. I was going nonstop. When people would put up on uh, posts on Facebook, where I'd be like, I'm still bored. I have nothing to do. Okay, what do you do when you run out of stuff to binge? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I did also, I did watch uh, Tiger King. So I, I will say I did stop to do something like that. I try to take my evening and get some, some uh, zone out stuff. But for the most part, I was working 12, 13, 14 hour days. 
And about three weeks ago, I was driving in the car and I was super tired. Shannon was with me. It was the middle of the day. And I just turned to her and I went, I am, I need a vacation. I'm burning out. Now, for those of you that know, you know, Shannon and I have been traveling for the last year in our RV as we sold everything and we have been traveling around the country. We, however, um, were kind of stuck in Arizona for a while. We were helping her mom with getting her placed into an assisted living place and selling her assets in her home and things like that. And then COVID hit. And so we were stuck in this 40-foot space. Now, it was a pretty trailer. We like our trailer. We, we love traveling in it. But it was 40 foot. So with all the things I was doing with selling through the screen and going virtual and helping people understand how they can pivot, there was a lot, not a lot of space in there. Matter of fact, many days Shannon spent in our bedroom while I was basically taking over the whole front room area so that I can do my virtual events and things like that. But we moved to Utah, back to Utah, and we got a little apartment here. But still, even with all of that, I was just so exhausted. And I said, I need a break. I need to take a break. Well, I had just signed up for another uh, mentoring program that is called Strategic Coach. And lo and behold, about a week later, uh, I was on the very first call of that. And one of the things that they talk about in there as a new member of Strategic Coach is your time management. And really understanding that you need to own your time and not let your time own you. Which I know many of you listening to this right now and watching this are like, yeah, my time, my, my business totally owns my time, right? I don't own my time. Time owns me. And it, it, they, they talk about a concept that is, I won't say it's required to be in the group, but it's pretty heavily pushed, right? That you, if you want to be successful, if you want to not, uh, become a victim of your own business that you need to do this. And it's called free time. And what the free time, a free day is, is that literally nothing to do with business. And at first I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I can take a free day. I have some of those planned out in my block time, which we'll talk about later on. But as they got into it, one of the things they said was when you're in free time mode, you literally, even if you have a thought and an idea that you think would benefit your business, you cannot write it down. You cannot make a note of it. You cannot do anything. You must be completely outside of your business. And that freaked me out. Like I was, I went, are you kidding me? I don't, I, we had a long discussion about it because there's, there's 10 people in my specific group. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that. And, um, but they committed me to doing it. And so last week, um, I did it. At first, I went to a, a vacation week. And the first part of the week, I, of course, added some business to it. But then when I got this idea of that I have to do free time, we canceled the other half of the week and just chilled out. Many of you might have seen the picture of me on Facebook laying in the river with the cow looking at me. Right, That was my chill out, do nothing time. The point of it is, is we all get to a certain place. No matter how passionate we are about what we do, no matter how much we love what we do, our bodies need to rejuvenate and our bodies need that reduction of stress. So I hope that through this, we can talk about this in a, in a manner that uh, we both all totally understand, we all totally get, no matter what your profession is, whatever you're dealing with, that we can, I can hopefully give you some ideas around how you can de-stress. And some of them are super simple ideas that I've been doing for years. Uh, and some of them take a little bit more time and some more practice. 
So I want to talk about um, this challenge, though, that comes up with being a healthcare professional and a provider. So as a profession, whatever you, whatever your, uh, whatever your position is in the healthcare world, you got into it because you wanted to give, because you wanted to heal. Now, maybe even if you're thinking, well, I'm just the director of first impressions or what most people would call the receptionist or the secretary, or maybe you're just working in the lab or whatever your position is, I have found over the last decade that anyone who's in this position has some desire to heal and to care for others. And that is such an honorable thing and so wonderful. And there's a dark side to that. The dark side to that is that you are someone who typically loves to give and give and give and give until you're drained. And then you are burned out and you need a break and you need that vacation, which we all do, but it gets to the place where it is the reward or the result even of you burning yourself out. Matter of fact, most of us entrepreneurs only take a vacation or take time off as a reward for all the hard work we're doing not as a habit so that we can do what we want to do with our business. So I, there's a saying that says you cannot give from an empty cup, meaning that if you are completely drained all the time because you're giving, 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 and because all you're doing is giving and you're not filling and receiving, then you're going to run out. Like you can't give energy if you don't have energy, just like you can't give you know love if you don't have love in your heart. That makes sense, right? There's another side of that too which is it's really hard also to get from a full cup. When you're overwhelmed, when you have so much going on, when you are being asked to do so much, it's hard to really give at your best. I have said for years, I talk about this in my first book, about how uh, there's only so much bandwidth to go around in your brain. No matter how great you are as a multitasker, no matter how amazing you are as someone who thinks you delegate, even though you probably don't delegate as well as you should, that there is only so much bandwidth in your head and you have to really be careful and protect that bandwidth as much as possible. So it's not just about not being able to get from an empty cup. It's also about not being able to get from a full cup. So what do you do? Well, you got to have that balance, if you will, but I don't like the word balance. I use the word balance because that's what most of you are going to reference and understand. Uh, But balance to me is a tricky thing. I prefer flow. In my uh, second book, uh, 21 Days to Master Your Time, Business, and Relationship, I have a, an image at the very beginning about balance and what balance is to me in my head when you're talking about entrepreneur work-life balance is I think of those guys who are in the circus who try to balance on the, the round circular like ball thing and they put the, the, um, the board on it and they try to balance it. That's what – and they're great at it. It's amazing to look at it. And you're all inspired when they go higher and higher and higher on the chairs or whatever they do. But it's a lot of work and you cannot do it for too long. So I prefer flow. And I would ask you to think about where in your life you can create more flow as opposed to balance. And what flow means is that there are some times where you're going to be in the flow where that's going to be the thing you got to focus on, where you need to let everyone know, hey, everybody, right now I'm focusing on building my business or I'm focusing on uh, a a new marketing campaign. And so I'm going to be doing this for the next week. However, when I'm done, I'll be pretty much done. I'll just have to check in on it so I can focus on you. 
uh, when people talk about this idea of like, what's the most important thing in your life? And they go, oh, my family. But then they spend all their time at work. It's just not congruent. And it's, it's a lie. So why don't you just be honest with yourself and create the flow of, hey, guys, right now, you know, I'm going to be doing this or uh, during the eight hours of the day, this is my focus here so that people know what to expect from you and everyone is not stressed about it, especially you. Another thing I want us to talk about is to be careful of the assumption. So everyone's experience in life obviously is different. Everyone's experience in uh, COVID and what's just happened is different. Every business is different. Every orthodontic business is different. Every dental business is different. I have the range. I was talking to a doctor literally today who is telling me about how he um, is 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 less. I think he's three assistants down, one TC, and then an admin person down. So he's down five people in his office. And they just don't have enough bodies to take care of the patients they do have. And even that is still not as robust as it was before, right? So he's having this stress of not having enough team members because the team members that he, some of the team members that he had, they'd rather stay at home and collect the the check from the government because it's paying them more than what he was paying them. Or they just don't want to have to worry about it. Even if there's a couple of people who aren't being paid as much as he was paying them, but it's free money, so they're staying home. Whereas you have other reports of doctors that are like, oh my gosh, we're having our best month ever, we're killing it, we're up by 20%, we're crushing it, and that's all good. Neither one are wrong or right. Neither one are, 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 are good or bad. It's just understanding that we cannot assume that just because it's going great in my business, it's gonna be going great in your business. And so it's important for us to know that everyone's stress level and the way that we handle the stress of that is different as well. So because everyone's experience is different, we've got to be very careful about how we approach our colleagues. Um, I think it's important for us not to assume just because you're super busy, everyone else is as well, or just because you're not, everyone else as well, right? You got to understand there's a balance between those two. Some people's stress is actually due to the lack of employees coming back, like I talked about, but some stress is because some of those employees came back, right? Uh, We have to be willing to see that everyone's experience is different. So here's my plea to you. If you're someone watching this right now, that things are going okay, like you're you're doing well in your business and, and it's a little bit maybe easier than you thought, like reach out reach out to some of your colleagues and really be that person. Take some of that energy that you're not having to expend on the stress and frustration and overwhelm of uh, being down in your income or your your uh, receivables, uh, your production, I should say, and take that over to your colleagues and talk with them. I would also ask that you do something else, that you be careful no matter what your situation is, whether you're, whether you're flush or you're famine, just just be careful of the you don't understand syndrome. So you don't understand when anybody says that to me and they say, but you don't understand, Dino, I've got X, Y, and Z. You don't understand, Dino, that to me is a trigger. That's a, that's a verbal trigger to me that tells me this person is wrapped up in their ego, believing that no one else on the planet other than them has this issue and has overcome it that their situation is that special. 
And that doesn't get you anywhere because what it does is it actually helps you turn into a victim, a victim of the circumstance. So be very careful of saying you don't understand because even though my situation might be different than yours, your situation still can be overcome. The second thing to be to be careful of is this, is the that's easier said than done syndrome. I'm going to give you some ideas here that are super easy. Like I'm telling you there's stuff in here that you're, you're going to be like, uh, yeah, duh. But too many of us walk over the dollars to get to the dimes, right? Like we look for the complicated, even though the easy answer is right in front of us. Like it has to be more complicated than this. I know there's a lot of analogies going around right now in the uh, the COVID space, people talking about a mask or not a mask or whatever, whatever side you fall on, there's the analogy of Moses with looking at the serpent, right? If you just look at the serpent, you'd be healed. What I want to you to understand is that sometimes we do look for the more complicated when the answer is a lot more easy. And the reason why I believe is because it's easier for us to fail or accept failure when the thing's complicated, because then you can be like, oh my gosh, it was so hard to do this. And people around you are going to go like, yeah, that seems like that's crazy. So for example, one of the things that I've been doing over the last uh, almost month now is a, a thing called Wim Hof. It's a Wim Hof program. It's a it's a Dutch gentleman who basically has created a system on how to uh, go th- doing breathing exercises in the morning and taking cold showers, uh, ultimately ending in a cold plunge. And Tony Robbins does this and a lot of people do this. And I'd heard about it before, but I decided to do this. And so every day I take, I'm up to now a minute long cold shower. Now you think minute is not too long. Wait till you get in a shower for a minute. But the point is, is that it helps you with de-stress. It helps you with your immune system and all these things. And all this is really cool because it's scientifically backed. Well, I'm doing it just because it's something that I feel will help me in my own way of doing it. Um, the idea around it, though, is to to really give me that peace of mind and give me a habit that I can do every single day and something that I can get into doing and knowing that it's not as easy as it sounds. It's something that I need to do. It's something that is, 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 is important for me. So just be careful of easier said than done. Um, again, reach out to your colleagues. I have some notes here, obviously, that I'm reading off of. Somebody wrote, I remember thinking... If we can make it to like August 1st, now what? Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, oh, great. That's awesome, Victoria, that you've been doing Wim Hof. So here's the thing that I want to be uh, – I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying this as any type of blame or anything. I just want you to understand that this is why. For those of you that have followed me for a while, for those of you that are in this industry, for those of you that saw all the Facebook Lives that I was doing, I re- repeated this over and over and over again. And I said – there will be an after. Now that was number one, hopefully an inspirational thing to let you know there will be an end. There's always an after. There will be an after. Prepare for it now. And I would say this. I'd say there will be an after. Prepare for it now so that you can capitalize on it later on so that you can make sure that it doesn't come to a surprise to you later on. Well, a lot of people heard that But we're seeing now a lot of people did not truly prepare for that and what that looks like. Now, it's hard to totally prepare for it, right? Because we didn't know exactly what it would look like, when it would end. However, that also meant your mental state. 
and your mental state is one of the biggest challenges that a lot of people are facing right now because of the uncertainty, because of the fear of the unknown. So let's talk about a few things that I believe you can do to actually increase your endorphins and help you actually overcome some of the stress, frustration, and burnout. The first thing to understand is that your physical state will always dictate your mental state. Your physical state will always dictate your mental state. One of the greatest things that I've been able to learn through my body language study and being able to do this over the last decade or more is the idea that we can actually reverse engineer the the hormones in our brain by what we do with our body. And it's not the theory of Dino. Harvard University did this study. For those of you that have seen me do the uh, communication presentation from the stage, you know, I talk about the arms akimbo and putting your arms at your waist and standing in that Superman, Wonder Woman pose and that doing that for just two to five minutes is going to increase that testosterone in your brain, which is a confidence hormone and decrease the cortisol. So we know that we can reverse engineer our brain by what we're doing with our body. So our physical state will dictate our mental state. There's so much evidence that shows that if you just stand with your, your uh, shoulders back, right, and stand up straight with your shoulders back, that the, your confidence will increase. If you smile, you're going to become happier, right? We know this. So just remember that some of these things are about your physical state affecting your mental state. I promise you that the way that you sit and uh, you you uh, do your treatment with your patients is going to be, have an effect on your body. I haven't taught, talked about this in a while. I used to talk about quite a bit about how when you sit and you're with a, a patient and you're constantly hunching over that the that is a bad posture for your body, not just for your back in general, but for um, your mental state, right? Uh, there's a great doctor. Uh, I interviewed him on my podcast, Dr. Gupta. And uh, is it Gupta? Yeah, it's Gupta, right? Uh, uh, and he, is, he talks about, he's a dentist, and he talks about how just using some neck exercises has helped him with not only his posture, but also it helps relieve that stress inside of his body. So let's talk about a few of these things. Right now, with the state of what's going on in your office, whether you're busy or not, the stress decreases the uh, your adrenals, they're uh, depleting in your body. And your stress is causing you to, you know, as we all know, everybody knows this, you, you have more stress, you're, you have more uh, uh, likelihood to get sick, your immune system gets depleted, all that. So what we wanna do is, I wanna talk about how you can in, increase and boost your endorphins and your testosterone in your body. Now, endorphins are interesting because they actually can come along very quickly. You all have been in an experience before where you've uh, maybe you've been driving down the street and you were going maybe a little faster than you, th- you thought you should, or maybe you weren't paying attention and all of a sudden you see the cop car right over here. And all of a sudden, everything switches in your head. You're paying attention more stuff. Right there, your adrenals, I, sorry, your endorphins actually pick up. And we want to do that to ourselves throughout the day more and more in order to decrease the cortisol in our body and actually have less stress. So what we're trying to do is there's actually a term around this. We're trying to create a state of involuntary attention, involuntary attention. 
So this is what happens when you take a walk, for example. If you've ever just needed a break and decided, I'm just gonna take a walk, and if, especially if it's in a garden or a park area, what happens is that you are allowing something to hold your attention, but simultaneously allowing you to reflect on things. And that's what that involuntary, uh, involuntary attention is. And we wanna do things that do more of that. So for example, if you've ever uh, had a hobby, that when you do that thing, you just, you, you like, you're, the thing is holding your attention, but you're also allowing you just to reflect in a general manner, but not on a specific problem. Uh, for me, it's dance. For me, I go to my dance class, Wild, with my friends called Wild. It's not that it's Wild, but my friend, uh, Lindsay, who does this class, Wild, I go to my dance class and I do that because I need that space where I have that involuntary attention. I'm focused on dance. I'm having fun. It, it does like it. It increases nothing in my business life, supposedly, because it's just like a waste of time, right? It's just my block of time. But what it does for me is it allows me to have that a, a reflection on just life in general. As a matter of fact, one of the things I really appreciate about my dance classes, at the end of every class, we actually sit on the floor and just zone out. And we just, she plays some music and we, there's no expectation. You could lay, you could sit, you, you don't have to do yoga. You don't have to breathe. I mean, hopefully you're breathing, but you just focus on nothing. And it's an amazing three minutes of the end of class after we've done all that. So what is your thing that allows you to find involuntary attention? Is it a walk? Is it fishing? Is it driving? What is it? And find that thing that you can do that, here's the cool thing. It doesn't interrupt your entire life. I'm not telling you to take a week-long vacation. I'm just saying, what's the one thing, all right? So being able to find that. Um, then you want to, uh, hi, Ted. Thanks for from high school or from junior high. I, I probably don't remember that. I apologize, but good to see you. Thank you, Ted. Um, so let's go over some other things here. Um, in, in order to uh, boost your endorphins, first of all, supplements. It is really important that you look at, because you are having those adrenals depleting through the stress and the frustration and overwhelm, that you look at your uh, supplements. And you wanna make sure you're looking at things. Uh, there's been some uh, studies behind things like uh, B9, which is folate. Like that is actually related to symptoms of depression, so a lack of that B9, so you wanna, might wanna look at B9. By the way, I'm not a medical doctor in any way, shape, or form. I'm just telling you what my experience has been and what I try to do. I have a vitamin pack that I take every morning and every night uh, to make sure that I'm boosting my immune system and also increasing uh, my, uh, and, and supplementing the uh, adrenals that are being depleted. Uh, you wanna be looking at zinc, in a 2007 study, it showed that uh, using zinc supplements is an adjunct treatment for a depression, and it was super effective for that. So increase your zinc. But there's other things you can do too. I talked about the physical state, right? What about massages? What about any type of physical therapy? Being able to have that ability, go float. If you know about floating, go float. So be willing to look at your supplemental things, your vitamin D, your vitamin C. Uh, definitely go out and get some sun, right? We know that, that those things can be very, very effective. So that's just kind of like the internal side of things. But in the mental state of stuff, make sure that you're focusing on the stuff you actually can control and not get caught up on what you can't control or important, what might be. 
Right now, there's a lot of guessing and second guessing and third guessing on what's going to happen in the future. No one has a clue. If we were to listen to the professionals and the experts four months ago, right now, we'd all be in a major uh, uh, depression economically. Yes, we have had a, 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 a... a uh, challenge with some of the economic stuff. But really, when you look at the world, people are adjusting the way they need to adjust because we're all literally in this together, right? So be willing to look at that. Um, uh, Ted said nano silver. I don't use nano silver, so I don't know. I know some people use uh, the silver extract or whatever those are called. So yeah, I mean, whatever works to help build that immune system or and, and replace those adrenals. But let's look at, um, uh, there's a saying that I use often, which is people who focus on the past are typically more depressed. People who focus on the future are usually more anxious. So all we can really control is what's happening today, this hour, this minute, really, right? Because everything changes. And if you just know that that's what's going to happen, then it doesn't make it so challenging when it does happen. So. Let's talk about some practical ideas of what you can do. In my email, if you got my email, you know that one of the first things I talked about was the word recreate. You need to take time to recreate. And I was so grateful. This morning, I got a Marco Polo from one of my previous clients who's just a stud. I just really appreciate him so much. And uh, he reached out to say thank you for the email. And he and his family weren't going to go on vacation. And then they decided last minute, let's do it. And he has just wrote me or sent me a Marco Polo to say that he's so grateful he is because even, you know, the one day you might need two or three or four, but even just the one day of being able to go and go recreation. Now, if you break down the word recreate, it actually means to recreate. And so that's why taking time to recreate is so important. And this is why I'll go back to the story with me and my strategic coach uh, group when they were saying to take that time to literally cut all things off, make the decision. If you know the word decision, it means to literally cut off from. So make the decision to not have anything to do with work. If you have a great idea with work, oh well, like don't write it down. Take the time to just focus and recreate. Second, And I know this one is, again, I'm not saying anything any of you don't know. I get it. But sometimes it's good to be reminded. And uh, Brendan Burchard says this. uh, I love this, what he says. He says, um, uh, we all have common knowledge, but it's not always common practice. Right? Every single one of us knows that we need, what I'm going to say next is, everyone needs more sleep. You need more sleep. You need a proper amount of sleep for you. And to make sure that you get that in there, but not everybody does it, right? Some of us stay up way too late because we're zoning out. Uh, Sometimes, by the way, let me just say this about sleep. And this is something that I have found in my last decade and actually now two decades with working with couples, a decade working specifically in the ortho space. Um, There's this really interesting thing that happens to many of us. And I'm going to say this because I've totally done this in the past. And it's if you feel like your day was not your day and it wasn't productive and you didn't get the things done that you want to get done, oftentimes you might find yourself staying up later than you normally would. And what I found is that people who tend to stay up much later than they normally would or should, even after a long day of work, it's typically because they have not accomplished the thing they really wanted to accomplish that day. 
and they know the next day will probably not be something they're going to accomplish again. And so they don't want this day to end. So they hold on to it as long as they can. I'll never forget a time I was sitting talking with a couple. Um, she was a physician and uh, he was uh, he did real estate. And we're talking about her frustration that he wouldn't go to bed with her. Now, in my couples program, I always talk about how couples should go to bed together. There are a lot of benefits around that. And so we're talking about this and she's just so frustrated why he's not. And he's like, I know I should. I just really can't. I really can't. And this was a moment of aha or inspiration for me. And I said, hey, so um, can I ask you this? Is it possible that the reason why you're not going to bed with her and why you're staying up till one, two, three in the morning, knowing you have to get up at like eight in the morning, is it possible that it's because you're trying to hold on to what you were not able to accomplish today, knowing you might not be able to accomplish it tomorrow either? So you're just trying to not let this day end. And he, I mean, this is a guy, he was, had to be at least six foot four. He was big. He was burly. He broke down in tears, sobbing, because he finally understood why he did not want to go to bed. So I'm just going to ask you to look at your sleep patterns and focus on why you're not going to sleep, why you're choosing to stay up. We all know the studies around uh, screens, LED screens, your phones, your TVs and stuff before you go to bed, how bad that is. So be very aware of that. Turn that off at least a half an hour before you go to bed so you can drop down that. We'll talk about some TV stuff later on too. Uh, Another thing you can do is you can organize your area. Make sure that your desks, your offices, your personal spaces are organized. That gives you a sense of endorphin rush again. It gives you that sense of like, oh, cool. You know, I'm organized. I have this put together. I am able to uh, feel like I'm in control of something. So there's plenty of uh, research to show how disorganization causes disorganization in the brain. Uh, Let's talk. I've talked about being arms akimbo, which is having your uh, hands on your hips. But I want to talk about something that I think is so easy to do, and I'm going to ask you to do it not just with yourself, but also with your office. So I call it the power of three. I've taught about this forever, and what it is, is it is a gratitude journal. Essentially, it's a gratitude journal for you to be able to spend the end of your day and write just three things. I'm not asking you to do a whole paragraph. I don't need you to fill up a page. I don't need you to do the whole Oprah thing, right? If anybody you know Oprah, she's kept a journal every day for how many years? But just three things that you are grateful for. Now, I want you to do that personally. And I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. But I also want you to do this in your office. It, I want you to go get a office gratitude journal. That at the end of the day in your evening huddle, hopefully you're doing evening huddles, Let me pause for just a moment. If you're not doing an evening huddle, you are missing out on a great opportunity. And I know there are people who are like, oh, kids got to get home for the babysitter and we want to meet rush hour and nobody wants to sit around and wait for everybody else to be done. But the fact of the matter is, if you are on a team, the team leaves all together. The team finishes the game together. They have a debrief and then they go. That's what a team does. So if you really don't, I can't, find, dedicate the time. I won't say find, dedicate the time to doing a evening huddle. 
then at least in your morning huddle, talk about the day before, but write down three things every day as a group, not three things per person, just three things. Say, hey guys, we need three things that we are grateful for yesterday, or hopefully, if you're doing it my way, uh, three things that we are grateful for today. And it can be anything. It can be, I'm so grateful that Sally helped me with this, or Johnny helped me with that, or that Mrs. Smith came in on time, or whatever. Three things, that's it. If you do that, you do that for the next four months. You can do it for as long as you want, but the next four months, what will happen is you will have a book full of why we are grateful. And that book will have so much cool energy around it. So let me talk to you about a study that was done. I use this in a lot of my uh, my trainings with my teams. And so I want to share it with you here. So it was a study that was done from the University of Southern California. And they talk about the six ways that the brain changes when you're grateful. Something as simple as writing down just three things that you're grateful for every day for 21 days. So just do this experiment for 21 days. You don't have to trust me forever. You can just try it out and see what happens. But according to this research that was done from University of Southern California, something as simple as writing down three things that you're grateful for every single day in a row significantly increases your level of optimism. And here's the cool thing. It holds for the next six months. Okay, so there was a study that was done with a bunch of prisoners where what they did is they went into uh, some prisoners that were in for life, right? They're lifers, no possibility to parole. And they had them do this and they had them write down three things that they're grateful for every single day for 21 days. And they went in and they measured their level of optimism, happiness, and the feeling of success. These guys are in prison. No possibility to parole. Optimism for parole. Sorry. Optimism, right? And so they in, they found out that it increased that. It was significant. And I even think I got to find out where I have the, uh, I have the numbers here somewhere. I'll find them for you. Yeah, I'll find them here for you. But um, that so then they came back six months later to see how those numbers held. It was something like 54%. 54% increase in their optimism and happiness and their positive outlook and all that. And they did six months later, they came back and looked at it and it held for that amount. I mean, that's pretty amazing. So what does it do? When you write down for 21 days, three things that you're grateful for, the reward chemicals in your brain, they actually, they light up as soon as you start talking about things and writing down things that you're grateful for. The uh, You will have less anxiety and depression symptoms. Your uh, hypothalamus glands work better, which are what regulate your hunger and your sleep and your body temperature. You'll have less stress. You'll fall asleep better and you'll have increased positive emotions like empathy, forgiveness, helpfulness, and supportiveness. Now, I don't know what time in our history that we've needed more empathy and forgiveness to each other, but I think now would be a good time. So think about that as you are possibly doing this little exercise around writing down these three things every day that you're grateful for. Okay, next thing. I know um, I want, I'm going to cut this off right at the hour. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm so grateful for you guys being here and for you taking the time with me. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions or to dive deeper into ideas or thoughts if any of you have them. I'm checking for any type of questions here. Okay, so let me go back to my paper. All right. So, um, power of three, gratitude. Okay, next thing is block time. 
I mentioned this a little bit a moment ago about blocking time out, but you don't have to have a full day of block time. If you can only get to doing block time throughout your day or a couple of days a week where in the middle of day you can create block time. Now the block time that I'm talking about isn't that you're just blocking out for study and for makeup stuff or whatever, uh, clean checks or anything like that. What I want you to do is block out free time. And I want you to mark it as free time. Now, when somebody calls you up and says, hey doc, do you have some free time on Thursday? And you look at your calendar and lo and behold, you have free time blocked out. And you say, yeah, I do have some free time on Thursday. And they go, great, let's go to lunch. Your response has got to be, uh, no, that's my free time. Free time is not a time for you to fill in with other things to do. It is free time where you are free. You are free of thought. You are free of anything. If you want to read a comic book, read a comic book. If you want to doodle, doodle. But take that time, even if it's just 20 minutes a day or 20 minutes in that day for free time, just to focus on nothing. Let your brain be free of thought. I'm not asking you to meditate. I think meditation is great and I think you should totally do some meditation. I'll talk a little bit about a a speed meditation in a moment. But I'm talking about doing something that is just freeing. Even if you want to sit and stare at the wall. But something that is free. Vegetation time. Be vegging out. Right? Remember when you kid, hey, are you vegging out? Veg out. Uh, You want it to be decompressed time. If you want it to be something that is free time where you want to just talk to somebody about nothing. By the way, I do not recommend you take that free time to be go into Facebook or go down the social media rabbit hole. Um, I need to make sure that I actually have that in here. Oh, I don't have it on here. I have it on here. Um, to not add more stress, which is what social media does, is to make sure that you create that free time for you. Um, the decompression time is when you can talk to another person without the necessary um, uh, expectation to hold a conversation. Now think about that for just a moment. I really want you to understand that. Decompression time is not conversation time. I need you to find either a friend, a colleague, a spouse, and you need to have a conversation with them and say, I need a decompression time. I need to be able to speak without having the uh, responsibility of having a conversation with you. That's a huge thing, right? Think about this in your own life. How many times do you start a conversation where you just wanna like blah, you just wanna get it out. You just need that energy, that thought, that out of you. And then the other person starts to have a conversation with you or you feel obligated to have a conversation with you. And it turns into something way deeper than you want to and sometimes even turns into an argument because they're like, I don't feel that way or whatever. You need decompression time. And decompression time is your time to just let it out. Now, if you don't feel you have anybody in your life that allows you to do that or that you can do that with, do it into a recorder on your phone. Do it to uh, um, a Otter AI if you want, right? Otter AI is a software system where it actually is a uh, voice to text thing if you wanna see what you said, if you wanna be able to refer to it later on. So decompression time, it is so important. Now, there's another thing of decompression time. I'm taking a little drink here. That I think is really important to understand. After you get home from work, you might need 20 minutes to 45 minutes of just 
nothing. And I know this is a conversation you might have to have in your relationship. I'm going to put out a very generic scenario. It's not specific to anybody or to uh, your situation. It's just, you know, it, it, hopefully it, it's gener- general enough for you to realize that it's um, it's common. You get home from work and your spouse has been home all day and now it's the second job's time, right? It's you need to help out with the kids, you need to help out with dinner, you need to help out with all the... And I totally understand the need for the spouse that's been home all day with the kids and the and the school stuff, especially with COVID, with kids that being homeschooled or whatever they're doing, or maybe their their other job, right? Or their job, right? Maybe you're both working, and there's this need to come home and get to work and get to like making sure that we're getting getting stuff done. I'm gonna so I'm gonna just propose to you that if you're listening to your body and you're listening to your mind. You might do better. I think you will do better. You might do better if you have an agreement to where when you get home and you walk in the door and you say hello to the kids and you give everybody the kisses, that you have a space that for 20 minutes to 45 minutes, you do nothing. Maybe it's a shower. Maybe it's sitting in front of the television. So an interesting thing about this that I learned years ago was that uh, the television the lights on there and stuff and what's going on, it's actually a female energy, like a female calming energy. And this is why many men in particular can just zone out in front of the TV. So be willing to take that time if you need to, to just, all right, this is my 30 minutes of just, or 45 minutes or whatever of just zoning time, decompression time. I think both of you deserve this, by the way. I'm not saying one gets over the other. It's like, okay, cool, this is my turn, boom. Now let's take turns. I mean, I think that's what, makes a very strong relationship in the first place is that you both can see what the other person needs and willingly give it to the other person without feeling like you're taking you know, like you're you're checking off a list of uh, I did this right keeping score right so that decompression time um, okay let me go through a couple other things so four magazines talks about oh this is what I want to talk about here make sure that you do not wake up in the morning and check either your email or social media Forbes magazine has a great article with a study on there about uh, email and productivity. And one of the studies that's in there says that if you uh, look at your email within the first hour of your day, it will decrease your productivity by 30%. Okay, so how many of you have been in a situation before? I've totally do this, you guys. I am totally guilty of this. I'm so I, I, I go weeks without doing it and then I'll do it and I'll be like, dang it, I did it. Where I wake up in the morning, I roll over, I go to my phone, I look at my email and my day is changed because your email inbox is a really amazing organization tool for other people's agendas. Even this morning when I was preparing for this, I mean, I'm trying to be super focused. I had a call earlier this morning with a client, but... I had two hours that I wanted to get these notes all together and prepare. And what do I do? I make the mistake of going over to my email and some person emails me about something I totally don't understand. It didn't, it wasn't an emergency. It wasn't urgent. It was just there. And so I decided to reply to it. And I spent five minutes replying to it when I could have been focusing on other things. But how many times have you gotten an email that was urgent from someone else's emergency and it completely changed the, the trajectory of your day? 
And now that's all you're thinking about. You lose that productivity. So email and social media, make sure that you don't touch it for the first uh, hour of your day. All right, let me give you a couple of very easy to do, practical things you can do that will increase your endorphins again. Again, we're all talking about increasing your endorphins. Here we go. Number one, take a walk, right? Literally go take a 10 minute walk, go into some green space if you can and walk around, get out, take a walk. You can do this during your lunch hour. You can do this. And I'm not saying take a walk so you can have your earbud in so you can be on the phone while you're taking a walk. No, take a walk. Just go take a walk. I promise you, the world will not end. Your business will not be destroyed if you take 10 to a half an, 10 minutes to a half an hour for yourself. It won't. It won't. I promise you, it won't. It'll all be there when you get back. Uh, number two, bring plants into your work environment, your workspace. So uh, the University of Washington, uh, Washington State University, sorry, did a study that found that a group of stressed out people who entered into a room full of plants had a four-point drop in their blood pressure. That's pretty cool. So take some plants, put them into your space, and have that life around you, right? Bring some plants into your work environment in there. Uh, Number three, turn off your phone. Use a specific time during your day where you know your phone is going to be turned off, especially at night. You should not have your phone on at night. There's much research that shows how your uh, your brain will actually listen for the buzzing or the light up of the brain. It's uh, of the phone if it goes off in the middle of the night. So turn off your phone. If you just give yourself the gift of an hour without your phone on and see how that does for you. This one is one of my favorites, you guys. Uh, number I think it's four. Kissing, according to WebMD. A report says that kissing relieves stress by helping your brain to release more endorphins, which makes sense. It also says that people who only kiss during intimate times are more depressed than people who kiss throughout the day. So kiss your spouse. Don't kiss your coworkers. Kiss your spouse more often. Make sure that you use kissing as a way to, and hey, go to your spouse and be like, hey, honey, you know, I was on this thing today and said that I need to decrease my stress levels and increase my endorphins by kissing more. So, you know, it's medically, uh, it's something we have to do medically, right? (laughs) So do that, use that. It's true. It's not just, you know, making it up. It's true. All right, here's something that's really cool. Uh, Many of you work with your hands all day long. My wife is a massage therapist, and this is a really cool uh, stress reliever. If you use your hand and between your index finger, your, your your index finger and your middle finger, there's this little webby part right here in your knuckles, right in between there. If you massage that, hopefully some of you are doing that right now. You massage that. It actually, uh, if you if you massage it and apply pressure in that area, it releases um, the. It's a sense of instant calm. It releases the the muscle or the. I'm sorry, the nerve ending that's here is also attached to your heart, the heart muscle, and so it helps relax it, and so it calms you down. So just pressing in this little area here, every single one of you, when you're driving and sitting at a stoplight, when you're walking around the office, you all can just press this little muscle here and just massage it, and it's an acupressure point that helps relieve that stress. Okay. On top of that, there is a thing called a tense and release muscle uh, practice that you can do where if you're sitting, 
You can tense up the muscles and say your feet. Usually they want you to start with your feet. Start with your feet and tense them up. Hold it for 16, uh, 15, 16, 15 seconds and then release it. And then do that with your calves for 15 seconds and then release it. And then do that with your, your uh, thighs and your buttocks and go all the way up your body and it will ca- it'll cause your whole body to release more and relax more, okay? Awesome, thanks Didi, I appreciate it. Uh, did I say, yes, it's medically induced kissing. That's right, Eddie. Uh, so make sure you do that. So do the progressive muscle relax uh, relaxation in your body to help do that. I mentioned Wim Hof before. There's actually a free app on uh, on your phone that you can get called Wim. It's W-I-M-H-O-F-F. It walks you through breathing exercises. It walks you through. You can do the the cold shower challenge, which is uh, you know it's fun. Why not do it? But here's what it does: it boosts your immune system. It improves your concentration. It improves your mental well-being. It increases your own willpower. It gives you more energy. And if you have any fibromyalgia symptoms, it's been shown to actually help out with that as well. It also relieves symptoms of depression. So there's a ton of benefits to it. Check it out. It's a free app. You might as well look at it. All right. I'm going to talk about a few more things here. Um, Bananas. Bananas are full of potassium, which help regulate your blood pressure. The American Psychological Association recommend uh, that bananas are should be eaten every day to stave off the physical detriments of stress. So you all have time to eat a banana. If you notice, I really, other than a 10-minute long walk or 20 to 30 minutes to, or 45 minutes to decompress, when it comes to stuff you can do throughout the day, I'm just trying to give you as much as I, as I can to help you out. I hope one of these things helps you out. These last two are my favorites. I'm going to do actually three, but my, these next two are my favorites. Number one, music. I've been to many of your offices. I've listened to some of the music that you have. The number one thing that I would tell you is that if you have music in your office where it's the local radio, so there's radio commercials, cut them out. Do not use them. Use use a paid Spotify or Pandora. You do not want commercials. And why? Well, number one, as a marketer, you don't want anybody sitting in your office hearing something else they can spend money on when they can be spending it on you, especially if you have new patients coming in that might be looking for treatment or hopefully are looking for treatment. You don't want that psychological connection for them to hear, oh yeah, they're having a sale here. I should go to JCPenney closeout sale. That's money they're not going to spend with you. The other side of it is that it's a pattern interrupt and a negative. They're hearing other people's voices and it's an annoyance. So create a space where there's just music that is uh, that has no commercials. Now, speaking of music, you should be connecting, and I'm saying you, you, and I'm shitting all over you, I apologize, you should be, you, you could, I would, I would recommend that you create a playlist that everyone enjoys, but there's definitely some music in there that is just, you know, your stuff. Maybe you grew up in the 80s or the 90s and you got, you know, your stuff, as long as it's clean, well, I'll make sure it's clean for your patients. But that creates an endorphin because it does a couple of things, which is awesome. It actually takes you back to a place mentally in your head, whether it be subconsciously or consciously, of when you heard that song, when you were playing that song. So as an example, Janet Jackson is is a song that I remember first hearing Janet Jackson's Control album while driving in my brother's truck with his girlfriend. I was in the middle. His girlfriend, or no, sorry. He made, yeah, he did. He made me sit on the side so his girlfriend could be in the middle. And he had the cassette of Janet Jackson's Control. So every time I hear any song from Janet Jackson's Control, which is one of my favorite albums of all time, I go back to being in that truck driving down Apple Valley Road and listening to that. It brings you, it's an endorphin 
increase, right? And so that's what we want to do, increase the endorphins. Now I'm going to take it to a whole nother level. If you want to, comedy is another option. So instead of having just radio music playing, have comedy bits happening inside of your Spotify or whatever. Now, of course, it needs to be clean. If you have SiriusXM Radio, uh, Laugh USA is a clean channel. You're not going to hear any swear words or anything inappropriate. Or if you want to uh, pump in the audio from YouTube, you have Dry Bar Comedy, which is also all clean comedy. There's no profanity. There's no inappropriate things. It's all comedy. So why? Well, comedy obviously increases your positivity. Hearing laughter, that's definitely contagious. Laughter is the best medicine. And there is a study that shows, I use this study all the time, where it says that uh, being in a positive environment increases your intelligence by 31%. The reason why I start off all of my speeches with some sort of comedy thing about maybe my first kiss or we do a dance or something around that is because I want to increase the positivity in the room so that everyone's smarter, including myself. So if you want your team to be smarter and to make better decisions, use laughter, comedy, and positivity. So that's there. Okay. So those are the last two, the the two that I said I was super excited to tell you about. The third, last final one is this. I'm going to read a Jim Gaffigan channel 790 is great. Yeah, absolutely. So last thing is this, is turn off your phones. I know I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Turn off your phones. Turn off your phones, turn off your phones, turn off your phones. Give yourself a break from the phone. It's become a habit that you want to, and by the, by the way, when I say turn off your phones, I also mean turn off your little watches that send the messages from the phone. I have my, one of my really good friends, Emily, we were having this conversation the other day, how she was talking about not feeding herself. She's in my dance class and she's like, I need to give myself more. I give so much to my kids. She's always on the go. And she says, you know, I guess I do have, I do have dance class. I do have our dance class. That's for me. And I went, Emily, even when you're there, you're not there. And she goes, you're right. I'm always, she's always checking her phone. She'll walk away and answer stuff. She's not giving herself the gift of being present in that thing. So that being said, everyone, my goal here today and my prayer that I, I, that I said today was to help me hopefully give you some hope and ideas on how you can de-stress through COVID. Now, I didn't go into your business model and go into, you know, going hiring more people. We can talk about that. But what I wanted to do is I just wanted to give you guys some practical, proven steps on how you can de-stress your life right now. I I know it is uh, not only unprecedented times in the sense of what we're going through as a country and as a world, but in your brain, you're trying to make up for the lost time. You're trying to uh, make sure that you're storing away for the possible winter that's about to come. You're freaking out. I get it. Or you're hoping that things will turn around. Everyone has different emotions. I understand. The key is this. I said this in my email and I'm going to end with this is that Please do not forget out of everything. You know, I know that you as doctors, as professionals, you live in a world of I can figure it out. You live in a world of if I just put my nose to the grindstone, it'll all work out because that's what you did. You went to school and you 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 gave up parties, right? You, you studied hard. You did what you needed to do in order to 
get it done and you can figure it out. Somebody comes in with their mouth in a certain way and another doctor can figure it out, you can. You live in a life of millimeters. You can just change this or change that. You can do it. I know it. I get it. And so right now, when you're in a place of like, I am stressed, I'm frustrated, I'm overwhelmed, I'm sad, why can't I figure this out? And so you look for options, like the person who emailed me today, her friend, who looks for options like alcohol, prescription drugs, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's, uh, uh, maybe it's, it's, it's just sleeping in your bed all day long, right? Whatever it is, those options are not going to serve you. So please reach out. You are the most valuable asset of your business. You are the most valuable asset in your business. It's not your iTero scanner. It's not even your patients. It's not your team. It's you. You are the most valuable asset. And unless you take control of these areas, these simple little things, just try it out. Do me a favor. If all these things are like, yeah, 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 I've heard that before, Dino. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before, Dino. Just take one. Just one. One of these things. Maybe it's the journaling. Maybe it's the eating a banana every day. Uh, In my email, I talked about having a touchstone inside of your office where it's something that reminds you of something that you love, a hobby, uh, an activity you love to do. Maybe you're a big Disney freak. Put a huge Disney poster in it. Be unreasonable right now with what you're expecting of yourself. Don't worry about what it looks like with other people or what other people will think of me. Ask for the help you need. Put the things in your office. Put the systems in your life that will help you overcome this and so that you don't have that stress frustration, overwhelm. And lastly, the most important thing, don't be afraid to ask. I'm going to go all the way back up to the beginning. The true Hippocratic oath of not just first do no harm to yourself, but I'll read it again from the 1964 version, the current version of the Hippocratic oath. I will not be ashamed to say, I don't know, nor will I fail to call in my colleagues when the skills of another are needed. So I'm gonna say it this way, when the skills of another are needed for my recovery. That's what I want you to think about. How can you reach out, ask for help? That is your duty, that is the oath that you took, and I hope that you will do it. And I hope that today gave you some uh, some inspiration or some hope. Uh, even my backdrop, right? Little nice little waterfall and mountains and the Zen garden. If you have any questions or thoughts before I wrap this up, please feel free. Thank you all of you for being here and for joining me today. I really, really uh, appreciate it. It was very kind of you. And uh, hopefully it gave you some ideas of what you can do to overcome the stress and frustration overwhelm that's happening in our lives right now. Uh, I think nothing uh, but the best of all of you guys. If that's it, no questions. Wow, a lot of these people. Patrick on here, Melissa. Wow, I haven't looked at this. Wow, thank you guys so much, everybody, for coming on here. I really, really appreciate it. It's so nice of you. Everybody, have an amazing day. Be well, be safe, and, uh, you know, you got this. You, you got this. We might do another one of these later on. We'll see. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks so much again for listening to the ProPreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.